Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, good day to you. It is time for us to go right back into our talk about questions about heaven. And as you know, we've had a special series here. We've been talking about Revelation going through verse by verse. And now we've hit into a magnificent introduction as we start in chapter 4. This is the Metatalta section, the hereafter section, or if you want to call it the future section. Everything from Revelation 4 all the way through to the completion of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22 is all pitched into the future. It's prophetic. It tells us things that are to come that pass us even in this time right now. John finished this book, and most Bible scholars would say it would be about 92 to 93 AD, and in this he introduces something absolutely wondrous. Now, he is on the Isle of Patmos, and he is in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and he has been seeing some wondrous things in seeing the vision of Christ in Revelation chapter 1. And then John has been given the instruction to talk to the seven churches and been given some amazing truths here. Five of these churches have been chastised and two have been commended all the way through this area. And then it finishes up chapter 2 and chapter 3 in instruction to them in knowing that the times will be cataclysmic. Are they responsible? Now we come to chapter 4. And boy, does this open up a huge new teaching here. A lot of people are very scared of the book of Revelation. A lot of things that are beyond our comprehension and stretch the limits of our understanding here. Some things in Revelation are symbolic, but the things from here that we see as it moves about in our teaching are going to be in the future. Meta, talta. Meta, after, talta, these things, or this. Let's go ahead and let's read this passage, go through, oh, I would say at least a third of the chapter, and then we'll go back and we'll start taking it and start studying it verse by verse. Revelation, as you know, as I'm turning there right now to remind you that the word revelation is in the Greek apocalypsis, and it means the unveiling. We see the unveiling of who Jesus really is, more than a miracle worker, more than a shepherd even more than a Savior. He's the King of Kings, he's the Lord of Lords, and he is making all of this possible in his justice. All right, here we go. Let's start reading and go on down through the first, let's say, well, let's go through the entire chapter here. Let's just do that right now because there's enough and see how far we can go in our study. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. See, it's not just a break of a bow, it's a complete circle a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold in their heads, and 
From the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creature gives glory and honor, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. What a powerful, powerful passage here. Just reading it would be good enough. And let's go through, because there might be some things here which can help us to enjoy the Lord even more and understand uh, the course of his words. So let's go back And let's talk about this first of all, as we're looking at this and seeing what is the Lord teaching us here and what is he teaching John, okay? After these things, that's the term metatauta. And this means once he is talking here in these first words, he is now going to be entering into the future. After these things, I looked and behold, all right, and that word means pay attention. It's more than the word and look. Behold just carries a a great significance. I'm looking, and John is no doubt stunned. I see a door open in heaven. Now, whether this would be what you would call a wormhole or a tear in the fabric of the universe, either way, but this is a doorway taking him out of this dimension here. And the first verse, the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Now, anytime we see a trumpet in the scriptures, it will signify something big is about to happen. So this voice is giving a great significance here. And it says, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. They must take place. This is in God's sovereign plan. John is allowed to tell us what God fully intends to do. He's going to give an outline, a template, uh, an instruction, a blueprint of what's going on here. But I want you to see this. The instruction has come up here. John could reject this. God did not forcibly grab John and rip him through that hole. He said, come up here and you will be able to see things that shortly must take place. All right, so now, in there, these, uh, chapter 2 and 3, we're talking to the churches and what's going on right now. John is now taking, we saw the past in Revelation chapter 1, the things which had been, and then uh, the things which had led up to the present of chapters 2 and chapter 3. Now we're going into the future, the third realm of this uh, dimension called time. The first voice that comes to him is, this is the Lord, this is Jesus. He is speaking from within the door and in here. Whenever we see, like in those old old, uh, Hollywood movies, when those uh, different... The, 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 the minions of the court would come in with their long trumpets and blow them. It was to get everybody's attention because something big was about to happen or enter through the doorway. In that sense, you have this here. 
Now, the trumpet in Israel might be used to call attention, or maybe it's a battle trumpet. And either way, there is an attention-getting signal here that's going on. And then the instruction is, if you will come up here, you're going to see things which must take place after this, metatauta, once again, after this. And when it goes here, this is moving on, and this is going to talk about not only in John's future, but our future. You know, some people say, well, no, this is all historical. Have we had a worldwide earthquake? Have we had cataclysmic water uh, stopping uh, poisons, biohazards that have killed uh, just percentages of the world? Have we had uh, uh, such a thing as a percentage of the sea life had died and uh, there are cataclysmic marketplace decisions to be made because of this? No, of course we haven't. Uh, When we see uh, over a quarter of the earth being affected at one time with different judgments and populations uh, wiped out, not just by nation by nation. No, these things are talking about uh, worldwide events which have not happened yet uh, when we go through. And when he sees this, uh, we're looking at this, like a trumpet says, we are now going to see what will happen in a period of judgment on earth. I'm thankful to say this. We do not see anything referring to the believers, the assembly, the ecclesia, the church. We don't see any reference in that here in the scripture from chapter 4 through chapter 19. And thank the Lord, as it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 9, he saved us from wrath. And this is an example of it. There's going to be judgment on earth. And now there will be a heavenly perspective. John will be there immediately. That's a word that's used so much in the book of Mark, immediately, suddenly, and swiftly. Well, it happens here. Things move fast, just as the rapture occurs, as 1 Corinthians 15 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we see things happening very quickly as we go through the judgments. And immediately, John was in the Spirit, and now when he comes up here, this Spirit, as he's here, we don't know whether he was in his body or he was not. It's just like with Paul. Paul admits it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't know whether I was in the body or out of the body. God knows. And if God knows, God takes care. That's good enough for all of us too. Now, what does he see first? When you go into verse 2, he sees the throne, the center of what Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel chapter 1 was the throne. We see the center of what John sees here. He sees the throne. When Stephen was about to enter into death, what did he say before those in Acts chapter 7? I see Jesus at the throne. And the throne is not only the first thing, it's the foremost thing of heaven. This is when we talk about people having near-death experiences and writing books And we see the lack of the throne. That's what causes doubt for me that they've actually had that experience of being in heaven. Because this is all through the scripture of this being this. The throne is there. But you'll notice something. And one sat on the throne. And the emphasis is if you put a capital O on this. One sat on the throne. Not someone sat on the throne. One sits on the throne. We know who this is. And in the respect of the name Hashem, as the Hebrews would say that in respect of the holy name of the Lord, they're saying one, and you know who this is. This is like Ezekiel chapter one, it's seeing one that is up there on the throne. 
when we see this, he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. There's a rainbow circling around the throat in appearance like an emerald. John is talking about this in a way he's describing God. I just love this. He's describing God in terms of light. Now, we've seen the Lord being described in terms in mathematical ways through the scripture, in musical ways, such as in the Psalms, and then in, in, in even ways that are anthropomorphic. And even in Amos, uh, there is a, a, a vision of, of fruit, uh, the different prophecies that come. You see just different ways God is described, and here it's in light. I find this most fascinating in a wonderful spiritual way here, too. He sat upon it like a jasper and a sardius stone. Now, let's take a look and let's break this down, all right? In there, this yaspis, jasper, as it's been transliterated over, if you want to say translated into English, it's yaspis. And this is very close. Many researchers would say this would be like diamond, like a diamond, diamond white. Think of a, a clear, bright halogen light coming out. And then red, a sardius. Take a look on uh, the internet and take a look at an image of a sardius stone. You'll see a deep, deep blood red looking, okay? And you can say this. What I would say is this. John would find terror in looking, such as Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3. When Isaiah saw the Lord on the throne, he was terrified. I'm an unclean man with unclean lips. And, and John no doubt saw the holiness of the Lord and was terrified, but he's assured by the blood of Christ that he has access to the throne in what happens here. This is an amazing, amazing display here too. And then there's a th there's around the throne, there is this rainbow. It is green and it's, it's, it's not of the spectrum, it's green. Emphasize this. And when we think about this, first of all, we're looking back to Genesis chapter 9 and what was the promise, setting a bow in the clouds as a promise that there would not be a judgment such of that magnitude again. Now, all of this, we see this uh, in here. This is uh, God giving in the symbol of an unbroken circle of eternity. He's making a covenant here, a covenant of mercy, uh, green faithfulness, uh, green growth, and, and not of destruction, not of terror here. Uh, this is around here, a symbolic color talking about God's faithfulness. You think about our, our Lord God, and there's so many ways when we think about uh, God, and we're, we're wondering, you know, what is he like? Can we get a hint of his mercy and his love? Well, you see it here. We see these many different hints that are dropped on God's love and his care. I mean, think about it. Zephaniah 3.17 says, God will sing over us. And then Isaiah 65 says that he's made the new Jerusalem to be a rejoicing because we are a rejoicing to him. A joy. Uh, there's uh, so many things. Delight. Uh, Matthew 25 says, that heaven is described as the joy of the Lord. Now, when we see this, we're seeing the Lord over all, and he will be manifesting uh, his, his power and his uh, leadership, benevolence, love, authority, sovereign power over all uh, during this whole reading in heaven. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, robes of purity, they had crowns of gold in their head. Now, the 24 thrones that they sat on uh, that are around the throne, we have another circle, symbolic of something going on eternal. Now, these ones here, uh, we, we want to find out, we, we think, first of all, 
in First Chronicles, we'll go to the Old Testament and we'll see this. In the priesthood, there were 24 courses that would happen that would cover all of the priests and their duties in there. In talking about those that were intermediaries between God and man at that time, when Jesus came to earth and he died, he became the mediator, 1 Timothy 2.5. There's one God and one mediator between God and man. But you could also think of this uh, with that. You take the 12 and divide it. 12 tribes of Israel, Old Testament, 12 apostles, New Testament. That brings the both covenants together, both testaments together, the entire Bible, the joy of it, all the way around there. And what did they do? Did they lord it over people? Did they dictate uh, things? No, they celebrate the Lord. Uh, you think about it. They are going to offer praise in a mention, what you might call a song of worship in verses 10 and 11. They're going to cry out and they are going to willingly just call him, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive what? What should he receive? Glory, honor, power. Why? You created all things, and for your pleasure, they are and were created. What a powerful song. Think of those lyrics. That's enough to stagger us in its magnificence. They will sing later on, too. They'll sing a praise in chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And I like this. They're singing a new song, a new song. You are worthy to take the book, open the seals thereof. You were slain, you redeemed us to God by your blood, and kindred and tongue and people and nation. You have made us unto our God kings and priests, and we will reign on the earth. You are worthy, and as an amazing thing, Lord, you're making us worthy to enjoy these things as well. What a magnificent thing to tell us too. And this is just just the excitement of heaven. It's just about to begin. All right, we'll move more into this in our next talk as we are now going into the future in Revelation chapter 4. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.